Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. It has to be consistent in everything that you're doing. So you may move into an area that is unrelated to your core service, but you've got to consistently deliver on that from a customer expectation perspective. Are you trying to say that other people don't? I'm trying to say that you're crazy. I I was going to get to it slowly. (laughs) talk about issues of branding or issues of impression, those have these huge knock-on effects. They're now going to influence all kinds of other judgments that people make, largely through the, the halo effect. We have a really special announcement. Next week is the 200th episode of our show. We wanted to take the opportunity to thank all of our listeners. You are great and the real reason we are doing this. Over the last 200 episodes, we've seen the podcast grow massively. And according to Buzzsprout, it's now the top 5% of all podcasts globally. So thank you. That is truly an amazing achievement and not possible without you. So to celebrate, we've decided that we will refresh the podcast. We're going to have a new introduction and new music. And on next week's show, we're going to be looking back at the best podcasts that we've produced and the key learnings. So please stay tuned. And moreover, tell a friend. The more people that listen, the more encouragement Ryan and I have to continue to produce the show. So thanks very much. And now on with the show. So Ryan, got some really exciting news, mate. Great. What is it? Apple have launched a new product called Apple Tags, okay? And what you can do is if you lose your keys or you can put them in, you know, a wallet, briefcase or whatever it may be. Have it surgically implanted into a person (laughs) that you want to track. They're a little large for the surgical implant, but I guess depends on how dedicated you are, really. (laughs) Uh, It'd be fun changing the batteries anyway. (laughs) But they basically help you find your lost item. I've bought versions of these things from different companies over the years. But you know what? I'm absolutely convinced these are going to be absolutely brilliant and can't wait to get hold of them. Let's put you on the couch today, Colin, and and (laughs) dig into why you think that. Because the topic for today's discussion is halo effect. Now, the halo effect is a psychological phenomenon where you form a general impression about some person or something. So in this case, you have an impression of Apple as being great. Are you trying to say that other people don't? I'm trying to say that you're crazy. I, I was going to get to it slowly, <laughs> but if, if we're going to get to where we're going to go. So you have this very positive impression of, of Apple, and that leaves you predisposed towards any new information that comes about Apple or any judgments you have to make about them. You're going to be predisposed to align that with your... This halo, this positive halo in this case. So when you heard about these tracking devices, 
Um, you probably didn't need to know very much about them or how they were different from the competitors' devices that you'd use. Because they were from Apple, you were probably pretty easily convinced that they'd be superior. Of course. They, they've got an Apple logo on, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> now you straight up sound like a, a crazy person. Okay, keep going. <laughs> Funnily enough, as I was looking at them, I was thinking, oh, God, these are great. I'm sure these are going to be great. I was then thinking to myself, yeah, it's probably just because they got an Apple logo on. <laughs> What's especially funny is you actually have experience with the competitor's product. Most of the people I know who use these tracking devices like just either forget to put them some on something that they end up needing to actually track or they're kind of too large and clunky and so they don't end up using them often as you know i love technology right so i'm an early adopter of many things so i've got a drawer full of tracking devices and so you're you're able to track the location of that drawer anywhere it goes yes definitely i think the interesting part is that this has been clearly a marketplace for some time but apple suddenly come along and it, it seems to add a little bit of credibility to it but i'm also as we talked about, obviously, before the podcast, I'm also aware that I'm I'm being affected psychologically here by this halo effect. Well, without stepping away from the idea that you're crazy, which you are, in this case, this is something that you're not alone. Everybody does this. Right. So the halo effect is not some obscure thing that only happens with Colin and Apple. This happens to all of us all the time, everywhere. And it, is it with everything let me go to another one of my favourites then of Luton Town Football Club. Okay. I look positively at everything that they are then doing. I presume it's not just positive, it must be negative as well. Yeah, so uh, the example of Apple and of Luton Town, these are, are kind of illustrative. The most powerful and common examples, though, in most of our lives are actually at the opposite end of the spectrum. So you feel positively about Apple because of your extensive experience with them and all the good good experience that you had with them, you feel positive about Luton Town Football Club for no discernible reason at all. Like there's just no justification for that, but you do. We also see see halo effects happening for things that we only know or understand a little bit. So you might meet a coworker and rapidly form an impression about them. And then based on that impression, you're going to make lots of wild judgments about that person that are consistent with that judgment. So I may meet somebody and think they're boring. Yes. And therefore go, so they must stay home at night and yes. watch boring programs yep. and don't go out and have any fun or anything else. Probably socially awkward, probably yeah. don't have a lot of close friendships, probably yeah. don't have, you know, a, a very fulfilling marriage. I mean, like we, we can spin out all of these assumptions about people and about things based on relatively little information sometimes once we formed an impression. And so, you know, somebody being boring is a good example of that. Attractiveness turns out to be one of the the largest examples of, of halo effects. So we can assess someone's attractiveness, their physical attractiveness, very rapidly, usually automatically. We don't choose to assess that. It just, it happens. Right. And then based on their attractiveness, people who are more attractive. We assume that they're more friendly. We assume that they're more honest. We assume that they you know, would make better friends. Like we assume all of these things, most of which have no justification for at all. It's not true. But we assume these things based on, on the halo that we form with them. 
When you say you meet somebody and you're forming this impression, any idea of how long it takes to form that impression? I mean, is it, you obviously hear people talk about first impressions and, you know, you, you're making the, the, the impression in the first, I don't know, 10 seconds or whatever it may be. Is, is that right or what? Uh, oh, it's, it depends on, it depends on the nature of the impression that is being formed, but an impression formed on someone's physical attractiveness, we're talking about milliseconds. Sure. No, I can see it from that perspective. So I can uh, see if somebody is particularly attractive or particularly unattractive, I, I guess the same works. Yes. If you're forming an impression that somebody's boring, that probably takes a little bit longer, but uh, they can be very, very quick. Is the halo effect, I guess I'm, I'm just about to answer my own question then. It's not just about people. It's also about things then, isn't it? Yes. It turns out that most, so the, the path of a lot of psychology, or at least a lot of the psychology that I'm interested in, a lot of it starts with people. So how people assess other people in this case, and then it moves from that to non-people. So brands is where it often comes up, but also experiences and so on. So there's a lot of research at this point showing that, that people treat brands not as people, but as person-like. Yeah. So we assign brands personality characteristics. We think of some brands as you know, sincere and other brands as insincere and some as, as exciting and other brands as not exciting. And those are characteristics of people, not, not of organizations or of things. As I'm lying on this couch... Yes. Let me talk to you about... Tell me about your mother and then tell me about whatever you wanted to tell me about. (laughs) Let me talk to you about buying a car. Yes. Okay. Because I'm in the market for buying a new car. All right. I've got a Jag car, an XK. And I've been over the last... And I've always liked Jags. And I've started to look around for a different car. And I've obviously looked at Jags. But I have to say my perception of them has altered recently Mm -hmm. in the sense that the, I don't know if you know all the different names of the cars, but the XK, like the big saloon, I find pretty boring. I guess I've become a little disillusioned with them. I'm not saying that they're bad, but I don't have that further of that I would have with Apple. Yeah. Yeah. I now start to go, yeah, maybe I'll get one of those. Well, well, it's not as really as nice as I would expect it to be. So I I guess I'm wondering about whether that sort of halo effect has lost part of its luster with Jag for me. And And I'm wondering whether how that starts to come about. Is it that you're starting to look at something and then start to go, well, actually, look at this. It's not as good as it used to be. And and these, are, by the way, are all obviously my personal opinions. You may love Jags to, to bits, which I have to say I normally do. But recently, I've just gone, mm, not sure. Very good question. So as you like to point out when we talk about these things, there's never one thing going on. There's right. layers of theory. Let's back up and talk about two really closely related phenomena that are different though. So on the one hand, we've got impression formation. So this would include your, your feelings about a brand, but also, you know, how you evaluate people and so on. So this is the idea that we see somebody and then we draw some conclusion about them. The halo effect is an application of the impression that we form specifically to deal with missing information. So the halo effect 
deals with areas where we don't know for sure. So we infer, we draw some conclusion based on the information that we have. So in terms of the impression that you have, so the impression that you have of a, about a brand like Jaguar, that's in flux all the time. It brightens and fades with new information. Often the change is slow, but it, it's always changing. And so yep. your positive feelings towards Apple are due to the fact that you continue to have positive experiences with Apple. There'll be some inertia there. Like if, if Apple creates a product that, that you don't like, it's not like you're going to turn on them immediately. But if they do it often enough, you you will. Right? So that's the impression and it's formed and it, it evolves and it changes. Now, the halo effect is what do you do with that impression? So when Apple introduced a new product, you don't know a lot about it yet. Right? There, you don't haven't owned it. There's there's you know not a lot of specifics out there that you can access. So you made a lot of inferences about that new product based on the impression you already have. The same thing will happen with Jaguar. Whether you've got a positive impression about them or a negative impression about them, when you are trying to d- decide to buy a new car, there's going to be a lot of information about that new car that you don't have access to, either because it's difficult to get or it's impossible to get until you've actually owned the car for 10 years. So you're going to make a bunch of inferences about that car, and a lot of them are going to be this halo effect. So if you feel very positively about Jaguar, you're going to assume that, well, I don't I don't know what, I don't know, the acceleration is going to be, but I assume it's going to be good because it's Jaguar and I feel positively towards Jaguar. I don't know how comfortable the seats are going to be in this new model, but I assume it's going to be good. And as your, your impression of Jaguar diminishes a little bit, you're going to continue to make inferences about these things that you can't see, and they're going to continue to be consistent with your overall impression. It's just now they're, that they're going to be less positive than they once were. We wanted to thank everybody for listening. You are great and the reason we do this. We're really pleased that we now have over 200 episodes. We've seen the podcast grow and grow. And now, according to Buzzsprout, it is in the top 5% of all podcasts globally. Thank you. That is truly amazing and not possible without you. But we have one request of you. Can you please tell a friend, a neighbor, or even someone you hate? It'll be really good to get more listeners and it encourages Ryan and I to continue to produce the show. So please just tell a friend. As you were talking, it was making me thinking about the podcast that we recorded a little while ago about outsourcing and third-party customer experiences. Yep. So, dear listener, if you hasn't, haven't listened to that, then I would suggest that you do. As I recall, that episode had less talk about Colin loving Apple, I think. <laughs> so if you're looking for a break from that, you can also check that out. That yeah, you're right. But it made it was making me think. The way of, you said that makes me think you're now going to go back and re-edit that episode. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded very regretful, Colin. Like, oh, yeah, you're Damn. right. Yeah. Was, oh, hold on. Let me just make a note of that to, <laughs> to, to go back. And I wonder what I could do. Sorry, I interrupted. You're you're going to make a connection between the idea of the halo effect and outsourcing aspects of your customer experience, which I think is an important point that I interrupted. Yeah, but before you do that. I just would have thought that Apple don't have like an audio signature, do they? Not that I'm aware of. Not, it's, you know, if you think of Intel, it's, you know, Intel inside and then they got the, the jingle. There's, a, there's the boot up sound that's unique yeah. to Apple. Yeah. Anyway, we digress.
You digress. I keep desperately <laughs> trying to keep you on track. So the point I was trying to make is that I was telling the story about going to a hotel and them picking me up at the uh, having a shuttle service when they would pick me up. Yes. And I guess, I hope I'm saying this in the right way, the halo effect of that brand that I was dealing with, yeah, was they were going to provide this level of service. So I was expecting that level of service from the shuttle, okay? And I didn't get it, basically. So the way I would phrase that is, you're gonna go stay at a hotel and you find out that they have a shuttle service. Now, there's a lot of missing information about that shuttle service. Yeah. Right? You don't know what, what kind of car it is, you don't know how, how timely they're going to be, you don't know how friendly they're gonna be. Yeah. But you're gonna make a lot of assumptions about that service based on the halo of the hotel brand. So if I tell you, oh, the Four Seasons has a hotel, or has a shuttle service from the airport versus Motel 6 has a shuttle service from the airport. You're going to make a bunch of different inferences based on those different impressions or brands. Yes. So the interesting bit then, and now I'm trying to join these two podcasts together. So to complete the story for people that haven't listened to that episode, basically I turned up at an airport, uh, called a hotel shuttle. The shuttle kept me waiting for an hour and that started off as a bad experience, but they had moved into providing a shuttle, which their view was effectively, well, it's free. So what are you complaining about? The fact that you've been waiting. But I guess what I'm learning from this or, or the thought from this is to say that if your brand looks like this or, or, or is your brand values are this or your personality, the brand personality is this, it has to be consistent in everything that you're doing. So you may move into an area that is unrelated to your core service, but you've got to consistently deliver on that from a customer expectation perspective. Yeah, I mean, it emphasizes the fact that there are these multiplier effects based off of our reputations. Right? So if people form an impression of you based on your experience that you're providing to your customers, that's then going to influence the assumptions they have about all the things that they don't know about you. So there have been instances in the past where, where organizations have come out with new offerings yep. that are objectively pretty great that fail in the marketplace, at least in part because the reputation of the firm is nobody believes that that's likely to be true, right? And so I before I even bother to get actual information, I'm using this halo effect to just assume that it's going to be terrible. So why would I bother? So just extending that then, you must be that it must get the same type of inference from an industry. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm now thinking again of our normal cable companies. So if I haven't dealt with this a particular cable company and I haven't heard about them and maybe they're even a new cable company, my halo effect is going to What's the, how's, how should I be phrasing this? It'll help you fill in missing information. So if there's any information you don't have about this cable company, it'll also bias your judgments in cases where your actual experience was ambiguous or neutral. You'll tend to view those things in line with the, the halo that you have, along, in line with the impression you have. It goes back to that missing information. I'm filling in the missing information. Yeah, yeah and biasing neutral information. So if you had exactly the same experience with a cable company 
as you did with a company that you had a more positive experience for, there's a chance that you will evaluate that experience in line with the with your expectation, in line with the impression. So like if the cable company came and, you know, it was fine and it was just kind of neutral, it could be like, well, it's the cable company. So that experience must have actually been bad. And you can kind of convince yourself that it was bad. Not to call you out, Colin, but I, I recall a, a time when we were together and you had just gotten a new iPhone and you were showing me a feature of the iPhone that was new to this edition. And as you were showing it to me, it wasn't working. And right. you blamed yourself <laughs> rather than blaming well, it Apple. It couldn't have been that. Apple, could it? I mean, let's no. be honest. So this was this was a, a very very minor customer experience failure, right? And Apple does amazing things with their technology, and it's usually very very good. But here was an instance where it was new, it was a little glitchy, um, and, and it wasn't working out right. Yes. And that neutral experience—it wasn't a negative experience by any means—but yeah, yeah. that kind of neutral experience you interpreted in the most positive way you could, <laughs> and that was a halo effect. Like you, you, you were comfortable with evaluating it in line with your impression, rather than updating your impression of of Apple as a brand. I've just realized how sad I am. Do you know that? That's the real topic of today's I am, episode. I'm a really sad person that I, I keep going on about Apple all the time. Uh, no, you're a really uh, typical person because it's not always Apple. It's not always brands, <laughs> but everybody does this Yeah, all the time and I, and I because guess that's it's so efficient and yes. because there's so much need for it. There's so much that we don't have information on that we need information on to make decisions. So we cheat. We just, we assume that it's in line with what we already know and we move on. It's interesting because we were dealing with one of the water utilities. Is this the Apple water utility? <laughs> no, no. I wish it was. <laughs> but we were dealing with one of the water utilities and one of the problems that they have is that the meantime between a customer contacting them, yeah? yeah, or having some type of, and I have to be careful when I say the word interaction, because obviously I may pass a billboard and that's an interaction, but talking to them, physically talking to them, call center or visit, whatever it may be, was seven years. Wait, what? Yeah. Their customers, you think about your water company. When did you last speak to your water company? Yes, you've got a bill from them. Right. Yes, you've used the water, but from an aspect of a human customer experience, right. you never talk to them. No. If you improve the call center, for instance, somebody's impression of that call center may not change for seven years because they're working on what happened seven years ago. I see. I see. I thought you were saying that I could call into the call center and they wouldn't get back to me for seven years. You're saying <laughs> you just never interact with them at all. Okay, no, okay, no, that's... mate. <laughs> listen, we're talking about utilities. We're not talking about cable companies. We've moved on. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> you get the, the point I'm trying to make, yeah, you know? Yeah. So yep. the meantime between or the, the average time that you would talk to your water company is once every seven years. So you never talk to them. So even if they had improved their customer experience in the call center, people's impression of what they have done is based upon what was happening seven years ago. I think that's a great example. I think that there's so many times when the impressions that people form 
are not based on what companies think that they are. So for example, I know that Nordstrom has fantastic customer service. So Nordstrom is a, a, a clothing retail department store in the US and they, they have a long-term reputation for having fantastic customer service. I've shopped in a Nordstrom maybe once and I've seen their ads never. I, like, I, don't, I don't know. But that's my impression of the store based on nothing directly from the store or my personal experience with the store. But that's the reputation that's kind of floating around in the culture. And I think that we form these impressions in all kinds of crazy ways. I remember when I first moved to Atlanta, I was speaking with, with a, a work colleague who told me the, you know, how expensive the various grocery store brands were, right? The various grocery store chains. Sure. And I, this was before I'd even been into any of them to assess the prices for myself. So I was now going into these stores with these impressions already formed. And I've, I've got research that I've done that shows that once people form these impressions, they evaluate many prices as being in line with those impressions. So if you don't know exactly how much this particular box of cereal and this size should cost, you might assume that those prices are high if you're at a store that you think has a reputation. So yeah, th these things are incredibly important. And once they're formed, they influence all kinds of things. So let's do our usual bit. So what? What does this actually mean that, you know, what's the takeaway? What, what does people need to go away and do or to think about? Uh, first takeaway is Colin is crazy. Um, <laughs> I want to make sure we, we get that out. That's, that's going to be the theme of most of our podcasts going forward. I'm looking uh, forward to them. <laughs> the second thing to take away is the importance of this impression management, right? You, you talked about how your impression of Jaguar, or if you'd, you'd rather kind of your, the brand reputation of Jaguar to you has diminished a little bit in, in recent years, become a little bit more boring. That's not like one minor piece of data that Jaguar should stock away with all the other information that they have. When we talk about issues of branding or issues of impression, those have these huge knock-on effects where they're now going to influence all kinds of other judgments that people make, largely through the, the halo effect, where people are going to assume information that they don't have. They're going to evaluate neutral information as being consistent with it. And so impression management is arguably the most important job for, particularly for people in kind of the marketing side of an organization. But I would argue for everybody in the organization, it's not enough to just be good. We need to have a reputation for being good. Yes. Because that then has these huge multiplier effects. And, and as you said, it goes in the opposite direction, right? So if, if the cable industry has an industry-wide reputation for being bad, that's going to cause all kinds of additional problems, you know, not least of which as soon as people have an alternative to cable, they bolt in mass, right? So this cord cutting is a huge problem for the cable industry. We're all weeping huge tears for them. Sure. <laughs> but it's a big problem because as soon as people, and I will say, I am sure that there are cable company employees who deliver fantastic customer experience. Yep, I'm sure absolutely. that there are pockets of certain companies that do a great job, but they are now fighting uphill uh, because their reputation is bad. So people are going to assume that they're bad even before they even give them a chance sometimes. Yeah, yeah. 
And the bits I would I would add to that, and I think that that's really really good. The bit I would add to that is it goes back to that sort of basic bit of well, which part of that experience or that impression drives most value for you? Yes. What's the most important part? And are you as an organization managing managing that? And if you are going into extending your offer or extending your service in some way, then you know, how are you going to take that into that area? So I, I go back to the hotel example of the, you know, providing the shuttle because I still talk about it today. I can't remember my stay in the hotel, but I remember the waiting for an hour for the shuttle. Listeners think you're some kind of prima donna, which you are, but this was after an international flight. It, it, it had been kind of a, a thing. It was. It was an after an international flight, wait, you know, nine hours on the bloody plane, and then waiting for wait, waiting for the hotel shuttle to come and pick me up. And as you can still still tell, I'm annoyed. <laughs> the last bit that I would that I think is important is the understanding that customers fill in the bits that or the pieces of information that you haven't provided for them. So it's not a question of going, well, we haven't told the customer that. Even if you haven't told the customer that, some whatever it may be about the product or service or, or, or the way that you're going to deal with them, they've made it up correctly or they may have made it up wrongly. It is actually interesting because now I'm saying that, I'm thinking about my good lady wife who the other day was talking about an organization and I, and I ended up saying to her, so where did you get the evidence to say that that was happening? Yeah, and she didn't. She couldn't. There was nothing that had been said, but she was absolutely convinced that that was what's going to happen. And I and I guess that's partly about this halo effect. Yeah? Yep. So understanding that your customers are going to make things up if you don't tell them what's going to happen, then I think that's an important aspect of of this as well hope that's been of of use to everybody this week we look forward to talking to you uh, next week and if you can't find the podcast then just buy yourself an apple air tag and (laughs) (laughs) do we get paid for adverts for apple i don't know maybe maybe we'll i tell you what we'd be bloody rich if we did we We both know you would just want to be paid in product (laughs) yeah good point well made All right. Look forward to talking to you next week. Cheers. This has been the Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.